All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. And we are two friends who met teaching over in South Korea, and we bonded over our love of horror movies, and we get together every so often, discuss a horror movie we've seen recently, break it down, dismember it, all that good stuff right there. So let's go ahead and get started for today. Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty awesome, man. How about yourself? Uh, so I want to get a little of background information into this movie. So our movie for this week is Velocipaster. And in terms of how I'm doing right now, Andrew, not too well. So just a little bit. I got a vasectomy on Tuesday, and I saw this movie on Thursday. And I just want you to know, I did not care for this movie very much. In fact, getting my balls cut open was better than this movie. I'm just, like, really disappointed in you, honestly. Like, when you, when you told me that you didn't like it, I was actually really surprised. I know. So, anyway, I just, when I was watching this movie, I was just thinking so much, oh, my God, I'm going to make that joke, I'm going to make that joke, I'm going to make that joke. There we go. But uh, Wait, so you did like it? I did not like it. God damn it. I did not like this movie. But that's okay. We'll delve into it later. But first off, I have two important questions to ask you. First off, what's your favorite dinosaur? You know, as a kid, I had a lot of dinosaur area, uh, love. Like, I, this might be a little bit sad, but like the Spinosaurus from uh, like the like how it got kind of highlighted in Jurassic Park three. I really love that. Mm-hmm. And though it is kind of a flawed thing because it feels like it falls over, it dies because the spines go all the way down into its uh, vertebrae, so it can actually like more or less paralyze itself by falling over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like a mistake, but I like it. How about you? Uh, I was always a Triceratops dude. I always liked the, you know, charging, you know, coming on down, and then, you know, just impaling you with the horn, just like a unicorn does, you know, so you, in those you just unicorn be the, films. So you're like a Blue Ranger fan, I take I'm it? I'm very much a Blue Ranger fan. Or Sarah from uh, Land Before Time? Land Before Time! God, there were like 20 of them. Three horns! I remember I was making jokes in middle school saying, hey, why don't we get to get to the parts where, you know, the Land Before Time movie where the um, meteor comes down and kills them all. Ha, 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 ha. And that was back in, like, 2001. And they're still making didn't, them. Didn't they do, I thought they did, they did do one about the meteor. They did? I think one came out about the meteor. Those, dude, there's, like, 20 of those movies now, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, you I think know, they made one about it. Blues. Remember Chomper? Dude, Chopper was the second one. It was so good. And Chopper was on the fifth one, too, The Mysterious Island. He came on back. I remember all the marketing materials were just like, Chopper's back, Chopper's back, Dude, they, yeah. they know how to appeal. They know what we want. They did. They absolutely did. Dude, they were... I, I still know the come on, let's go, let's run around, run around song from <laughs> the opening of the second movie. That is how my mind works. <laughs> oh, the tree star and... And Petrie. There's a. There, I, I have a friend in my my master's program whose last name is Petrie, and it's I endlessly make fun of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, let's take a second right now and just kind of bond and reflect on Littlefoot's mom's death, where we just oh kind God. of sit down. Let's put it on YouTube right now and slap. That was scary as shit, actually. Oh yeah, no, the first like, one is like, a legitimately good film. Yeah, actually, in the dinosaur, the T-Rex always reminded me of, like, um, in that We're Back a Dinosaur movie, like, when, when the T-Rex was, like, a T-Rex before he became, like, cartoony T-Rex, mm-hmm. before he became John Goodman T-Rex, <laughs> he was, like, I feel like it was the same T-Rex. I think that's what happens. He killed Littlefoot's mom, and then he, like, went into the future. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's The Stone of Cold Fire. I think that's the one about... Uh, I mean, which one is right, that? Or, which number right is that? that? Comet. Uh, seven. Oh, that's actually pretty far back. What was the year that came out? 2000. And then what What uh, are they up to now? 10. Only oh, wait, 10? No, never mind. This one's just about a, a blue meteor. Okay, I always assumed it was about... It was oh, about, it was about, it was about the about meteor. A, no. It's not uh, lame. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah. That is Lamp Before Time. That is Dinosaur House. I'm so glad we got that out of the way. Let's pivot a little bit and talk about bad movies. And, you know, we're, we've all got the cult hits. We've all got the cult classics. The Room, of course, Tommy Wiseau, that's been talked to death at this point. Birdemic, that's been talked as well. What are some other, like, really, really bad cult classic movies? Uh, Sharknado, of course, which Velociraptor has a lot in common with. Do you say Birdemic? Birdemic, yes. 
Um, do we count like every Lifetime movie ever made? Uh, I think that's its own category itself. Like a couple nights ago, we watched a movie called um, Wrong Stepmother. And when you look up on Amazon, wrong, to try to find it, like there's 20 different, there's like wrong, there's wrong mother, wrong grandmother, wrong something, wrong roommate, wrong, and it's just like, man, like Lifetime movies just pick a fucking like adjective and then just put everything they can after it and make a movie about it. One of my other favorite podcasts, My Brother, My Brother and Me, uh, they have this game called It's a Christmas to Me, where they have two actual plot summaries of like the Hallmark Lifetime movies, and then they have another one that they just completely make up on their own, and then the other two brothers have to guess which one's the fake movie. Uh, it's so good because they're all similar and they never get their right. <laughs> that's great. Wait, yeah. holy shit. What is little... Okay, question for you. Oh, we're going back to Lambert for time? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> what what is Littlefoot? What is he? Littlefoot is a baby brontosaurus, right? No, I always thought he was. He's an apatosaurus. Ah, my mind is just like Don Bluth. Whoa. You did your research. Wow, this is insane. Wow. And Sid the Whirler wasn't a lion. He was actually a liger. Wow, Fuck, that's why he can have babies. <laughs> oh, shit, no, he did it. Nala wasn't his. Or no, what, what was what was the baby's name? I don't know. I didn't see the no. sequels. Yeah, what pride pride rot or. Uh, Simba's Pride? Simba's Pride Classic. or something like that. I just remember there was the Lion King one and a half, which is basically the Rose and Stance of Guild and Stern, where it follows Timon and Pumbaa, which mm-hmm. I thought was always a great direction for the series to take. Actually, I did yeah, see that one. I barely remember it, but I remember liking that. That Dig a Tunnel song is a jam. I play it every time my sisters and I go on a road trip together, and <laughs> they, don't, they don't yell at me. It's great. <laughs> Wonderful. Anyway, The Room, Sharknado, Birdemic. Those are um, all... Cult classic movies. Hopefully, cats. Hopefully, cats gets that status as well. God no. Um, so basically, these are low budget films that have attained a cult following just for being so bad. In the room, we all know Tommy Wiseau decided, or he he intended that to be a good movie. He genuinely thought he was making something great. So he's just he's Tommy Wiseau, and he has a very strange outlook on everything. But there's definitely a category for these so-bad-it's-good types of movies where they're just fun to watch because of their low production value, how weird it is, how weird the acting is, how weird the set design is, direction is, the weird decisions they made to get through this. And the latest one that's got to kind of get all the message boards in the range is the movie 2019's Velocipastor. Wait, there, there's people talking about this movie? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I've seen it on uh, Reddit a couple times. Usually it's just, like, pictures of the poster saying, okay, this is the best idea ever, based specifically on the poster, which, you know, looks nothing like the movie, but most of these movies do. Um, what's the production company who makes, like, the Transmorpher movies and everything? Asylum? Yeah, dude, Asylum. Those movies yes, are great. Uh-huh. Yeah, so they kind of do the knockoff movies. This is kind of what it feels like as well. It feels like less of an Asylum movie so these bad movies right here, uh, once again, these are kind of what Velocipastor is trying to put itself in. The crux of the plot of this movie revolves around a priest who finds out, or he gets cursed, with the power to turn into a Velociraptor. It is extremely low budget. Uh, he came up, the director who, uh, Brendan Steer... He came up with the idea because he was trying to uh, type in Velociraptor onto his phone and it auto-corrected on over to Velocipastor. He was a film student and he decided, you know what, I should make a movie on that. Before he decided to do that, he was actually thinking about making kind of an expose about the Catholic Church, a more serious type of movie detailing the Catholic Church. But then he decides, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to make a movie about a priest who turns into a velociraptor. So he went ahead and he tried to get funding. Uh, He did make a trailer on his YouTube page for the Velocipastor, which gained about 45,000 views. And he tried to get funding from a whole bunch of different people. He had a real hard time with it until one of his mom's friends actually did give him $35,000 to finance the movie. So he did. He made it. It was out. Um, in terms of the box office budget, or in terms of how well this did, I'm actually going to find the numbers on that right now. But the box office? Well, I, it wasn't released in the box office. No, I don't think it was. Uh-huh. But I want to see. I, I can't find anything on it. Mm-hmm. So, Velocipastor. I'm sorry, this was 2017. I thought it was 2019. Get out of here. It was... No, 2019. Okay, so hang on. 
Rotten Tomatoes says 2019. IMDb says 2018. Joe Blow Movie Trailer says 2019. Google says 2017. So it, it premiered in Portland, Oregon, Oregon. I think according to Wikipedia, in 2017. Then um, in 2018, uh, they signed a deal with Wild Eye Releasing, and then it was officially released in America in 2019 on DVD. So it's it's the Schrodinger's movie. It's simultaneously 2017, 18, and 19 at the same time. Exactly. Okay. Good. 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 Anyway, uh, it's got a 6.75 out of 10 on IMDb, and then on Rotten Tomatoes, I have this pulled up real quick, it has currently got a 54% uh, Rotten rating. Uh, and then also he wants to uh, make a sequel, too, because the world of Velocipastor is so, and I quote, permissible and fun. Of course it is. It's amazing. Yep. So, Velocipastor. I was not so much of a fan of this movie. The reason for that, the best bad movies for me are the ones where they genuinely think they're trying to make a good movie. Tommy Musso genuinely thought he was trying to make the boom into a good movie. Uh, Neil Breen, have you ever heard of that one? Neil Breen? Yes. No. Oh my god, I have a video to show you after this one. But he is another quintessential bad director who doesn't realize he's bad. Um, and he's a starring role in all of his movies too, and it's they're, they're terrible. But those are pretty fun movies for me because the badness isn't as obvious. This one to me felt like a joke that he came up with and then just kept running with it, and then never really did anything with it. Um, like, I could tell what type of movie it was going to be within the first five minutes, and it never shocked or surprised me. It was exactly what it was, and I wasn't particularly interested in what it had to say. But it seems like you enjoyed it a lot. I, I love this movie. Like, literally, like, one night I saw it appear, and I was just like, I need to watch this. And I did, and it was a great choice. It okay. was like, like, I, I feel like... It, it definitely knows, like, I actually, in my second watch through for, for this, I'm not going to lie, I think I came up with some deep, like, I think that's some deeper meanings than, uh, than it. Well, I'd love to hear than that. Than so you might think. Yeah. So you want to go ahead and start doing a deep dive into it? Sure. Let's do All it. All right, cool. So we start off with our protagonist. Doug. Doug Jones, yes. Which, quick trivia thing. So, Brendan Steer, the director, was really influenced by Guillermo del Toro for this movie, and he named the main character Doug Jones after the actor Doug Jones, who has done a ton of body work. He played Pinhead in a couple Hellraiser movies. Um, wonderful, wonderful actor. But he was the uh, guy with the eyes on his hands in Pan's Labyrinth. And so then Doug Jones was named up for that. So we have our protagonist, Doug Jones, a very ripped priest, very handsome priest, who is goes outside of his church one day and sees his parents and his parents blow up. <laughs> this is the point. So as his parents blow up, they actually show a little um, text on the screen that says, insert VFX here for the fire of the car blowing on up. And I genuinely thought I, the copy I had was broken. Or broken. It was like <laughs> the Wolverine Origins of just like, okay, well, I must have got like a screener or something that was 100% right. So, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. That's why I knew it was a great, a great movie because they kept cutting back to it. Again, and it's like you see the little things like VFX car on fire, and you hear the, the car burning, but it's just like a picture of like an empty parking spot, essentially. Yep. It's so so it's kind of very ton in cheek where it's just the director's just like, yep, yep, we know it's going to be a low budget. We've got that right there. Uh, so we, then we also go ahead and we start talking about, uh, so what happens next? Yeah, so, um, so after that, we kind of cut to, um, the priest, or Doug Jones, uh, is talking with another priest or pastor, uh, I just called him old man pastor, and he, uh, they're sitting there and basically he's drinking, like, out of the holy cup of wine, and they're drinking it, and he's like, I can't believe this happened, and the old man's like, it's what parents do, they die on you, and he's like, oh. I did, okay. I did really like that line. That was a funny Dude, line. That, that guy's lines are the best. Um, and, like, do you notice that their, their uniforms are, like, the worst fucking uniform? Like, I always thought priest uniforms, like, that little white thing underneath it was, uh -huh. like, a little, like, band that went underneath your collar. The collar. Theirs, is, theirs is just, like, sewn. It's almost like they took, like, a, like a dress shirt. A construction paper. Uh-huh. Oh, no, it's, it's, like, it's like a piece of fabric that's sewn to it, and they just, uh -huh. like, 
sewed a little white thing on there. It looked so bad, it, it really oh, yeah. angered me. Um, it's like a, it's means. like a uh, cosplay of the priest. So exactly, a very uh-huh. poor one. Yep. Um, and did you like? They have this weird scene where they keep like cutting to their faces. So it's like they're sitting down on a pew talking um, in the center of the screen, and their faces keep appearing like close up mm-hmm. uh, on the left and right of the screen, and like they have this like weird red and green contrast light going on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the priest informs him. He's like, "Hey, man." Just go where you go where you think God will not follow, and if you find him, then you know that you know he is with you. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you know, so go, you know, go somewhere where God will not be, will, will not go. And we get this great like um, car montage of uh, him driving around this like muscle car and like mm-hmm. this really classy uh, titles. And then we find that the place where he goes, the place Can I that he's going to drive. So yeah. the soundtrack to this movie. Oh my God! It's so good. I genuinely thought like it was just some friends pop punk bands, but it wasn't. It, what genre would you classify it as? I don't even know. It's kind of like the Menzingers in that way. Um, it's like garage rock, I guess is the best yeah. way to put it. Uh-huh. Garage it's rock, so is, good. Yeah, and it's just I, I kept thinking like the director probably asked around his friends, "Hey, does anyone have a band? Oh, you have a band? Wonderful. Go ahead. I want you to score my soundtrack for me." <laughs> yep. I'm not gonna lie. I loved it. I like every time that plus song played, I was into it. Every like, little <laughs> montage they had, I was like jamming. It was it was great. Anyway, um, so Doug Jones goes on over to China. What happens there? <laughs> well, I, I love that he goes to China because literally the guy's like, "Go somewhere where God will not follow," and he drives his muscle car to China somehow. I don't, I don't know how, but it's just like yep. a great car montage, and then he is in, obviously in somebody's backyard in like Midwestern United States. Yes, but definitely. It, the trees are, they're Northwest America. It's yeah. so, they don't even like bother including like a stock photo picture of like the Great Wall or, you know, something like that. It's just, bam, China, and then we're in a forest. <laughs> and like this huge title screen like appears on screen, like, China. Uh-huh. Which, like, I feel like a lot of coronavirus jokes could be made in this movie, and, like, because all I'm thinking of is everything I'm hearing, like, not, not you know, I'm going to be sensitive, but I feel like this right now, and the dialogue the old man has later, I'm just like, wow, mm-hmm. racist no, old man. It's about a boy who goes on over to China and then catches a disease. Yeah. I mean, that's really kind of what it boils down to. Now that his disease, you know, instead of attacking his respiratory system, turns him into a velociraptor. But... It is what it is. Well, and actually, in talking about that forest, so I uh, noticed there are a bunch of birch trees there, and I was just like, I didn't know the birch trees were in China, and I looked it up. Apparently, birch trees are one of the most popular trees in China. So really? maybe they did, maybe they, this guy did a lot of research and found a stand of birch trees to take this film in, uh, you know, to I show that I think he did a lot of research, and then he just tossed it all out the window. No, nah, man, he, he, got, he found the right trees. They, exactly. He did a bunch <laughs> of research. Uh, he definitely knows what a raptor looks like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so what happens next after he, he gets to these Chinese woods? Uh, so yeah, he's in the Chinese woods, and then we get to a cut of this Chinese girl kind of fleeing for her life. Um, a ninja, which Japanese, not Chinese, um, pulls out a bow and arrow and kind of shoots her through. She collapses on the ground, and our priest, Doug Jones, just happens to find her in the forest. She gives him this claw, and then says to destroy it, destroy the claw. And then, of course, it's all in Chinese, so he has no idea what she's saying, but eventually he figures it out. Um, In the Chinese subtitles, it says, you know, take it, destroy it, or they'll hunt you forever. Well, because uh, he's like, she's like, you know, take it, destroy it. He's like, oh, you want me to keep this? Okay, I'll keep this. And like, she's keeping Chinese, and then she just like in perfect English goes like, dragon warrior, <laughs> and then dies. <laughs> it's like, great, 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 awesome, classic film. You know, it's called Dragon Quest now, not Dragon Warrior. All right? Damn it. The localization changed that years ago with eight. Anyway, so yeah, um, as he takes the uh, kind of obviously not very sharp tooth, he accidentally cuts himself with it. And he is infected with the Velasa Raptor Pastor Thinamajigger. <laughs> and we can cut back to him back in the States at this point. So he returned from his trip from China and he wakes up in a cold sweat. Old man Pastor is kind of sitting there and uh, he just kind of talks back and forth about, are you feeling okay? You've been missing confessions. You haven't been feeling so fine. And Doug Jones says, yeah, 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 I'm feeling good. I'm feeling fine. 
blah, 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 blah. Um, and then he escapes into the um, streets. Well, not really escapes, just kind of walks on out. Yeah. Well, okay, can I, can I run for a sec? Yeah, Cause, sure. Because this, this is going to be part of my, my, my deep dive analysis and planning. Okay. Uh, so, old, old man pre- pastor, um, in this conversation again, you see that he's like again. He has some, he has he has some weird old man racisty things. Oh the yeah. Guys like the guys like what did that Chinese say? And he's like, drag dragon war. And he's like, how eastern? And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, so I don't know what happened to me. He's like, well, it was probably some disease you got from your travels. And he just like seems really against uh, the velocity pastor or the the, the raptoriness. Uh-huh. And he uh, and he he says one thing where he's just like, feed a fever, starve a cold. Which have you ever heard that before? Like, what does that uh, mean? If, if you're warm, if you have a fever, eat. If you're, I've heard the cold. phrase before. I have no idea what it means. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm trying to like. I literally had to pause the movie and sit there and like stare at it for a while and be like, <laughs> "What is this <laughs> like? Like, like, because like theoretically, like a fever is an indicator of a cold. Mm-hmm. So how does that work? How do you feed a fever instead of a cold? Well, no, a fever is an opposite of a cold. Wait, what? A fever is when your body temperature pumps on up, and it basically the increased body temperature within your body. Um, makes it hard for the virus to um, replicate, re- replify itself inside the um, inside your body. But isn't but isn't a fever a, a symptom of a cold? Can't you can't you run a fever when you have a cold? It's the opposite, right? Like like you, you don't you don't you don't ha- have a cold like you, you don't we don't call a cold a cold because you get cold, do we? But you get chills, but chills aren't is your body trying to warm up? Uh, which I mean, causes a the fever. Is possible. Yeah, like I, f- I feel like a cold and a fever. I feel like a, a fever is a symptom of a cold. I don't know. And like, so you eat so. if you're if you have a fever, but you don't eat if you have a cold. You starve uh-huh. the bacteria in your body. Just, I, I just don't understand it. I'm really, I, I don't get it. <laughs> anyway, and then like, so after that, he they, there's this weird like, the pastor goes to hug him. He like, and it's this really awkward thing where the old man goes to hug him, and even like the actor kind of looks like, what the fuck? When like he's trying to hug him, he's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll, I'll hug you back. And you hear like, a, and you hear like a kiss sound, and he's like, what? <laughs> it's it's really fucking weird. But yeah, then yeah, then he he leaves, and uh, he and then um, uh, Doug is like, I I'm hungry, I'm hungry, and he escapes out into the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by that, we just the normal day. <laughs> And we meet our uh, well, he, he like wait he runs he runs out uh-huh. bumps into uh, bumps into a prostitute, yep. and then we get to meet like my favorite character in the entire movie. Yes. Um, now before that, the prostitute does give money to a homeless man, so she's a prostitute with a heart of gold, and her name is Carol, oh. which is a great name for a prostitute. Well, it's a great name for the religious undertone. She's the one who teaches him about religion. Ah, and, no, and no, no. She teaches him about dinosaurs. He teaches her oh, about sorry. God. Yeah, Remember the quote later on in the movie where she's just like, well, I don't know much about God. And he's like, well, I don't know much about dinosaurs. I love that. Because I was like, you're right, because he doesn't believe they exist. Which <laughs> <laughs> is great. Um, but yeah, so, and, and, and the guy was like, oh, you're such an angel. I'm like, oh, man, more, more religious yeah. thingies going on. Interesting, interesting. Yep. But then we meet the best character ever. Um, Frankie. So, Frankie. So she like goes up to this guy, and it's this like... Fat balding guy with like a, a fedora and like tinted sunglasses and like smoking a cigar, and uh, she comes up to him. He's like, you know, where should I go? Like, you know, where, where do you want me today? And he's like, don't you ask me questions? <laughs> he's like, uh, and he's like, what's my name? She's like, Frankie Mermaid. He's like, why, why do they call me Frankie Mermaid? She's like, because he's always swimming in bitches. <laughs> and, and like, his laugh at this point is like, like the laughing in this movie is amazing. I, every time somebody laughs, it is. At least like a minute long, and it is like the most like like it sounds like they might be fucking choking. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yep, it's so good. So yeah, um, Frankie uh, goes on, and and then we cut to the middle of the night in the woods where Doug Jones just decided, you know, hey, I'm just gonna go into the middle of the woods in the middle of the night. I don't know if he was trying to get home or what, or if he's in pain, but he's in the middle of the woods, and he's then Carol. For food. Yep. Our prostitute Carol uh, comes on through the woods as well, and this is like in the middle of the woods. Like it's not just yeah, like behind a building or something like that. I didn't get and, what that was. That was like like why she was there. Like was that was that where he sent her to go walking? Was that was that where she went to go do tricks? Yeah, she's doing tricks in the middle of the woods. You know, there's Jason over in the corner. There's you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's genuinely the same wood sets from the China scene. Dude, maybe China. she walked all the way to China. Maybe she's that dedicated to her position. <laughs> 
Anyway, so a uh, mugger kind of comes on in and demands her money and, you know, says, oh, I'm going to kill you, blah, 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 blah. But then the priest comes across it and then it turns into our Velocer uh, pastor and basically just eats the guy alive. And... That's like, I was actually really surprised because, like, mostly using these kind of movies, I expect him just to jump on the jump on the uh, thief or the rapist, I guess, and, like, just maul him immediately. But, like, uh-huh. for a while, the rapist guy kind of wins. He, like, shoots him, gets up, shoots him some more, and then mm-hmm. he stands up and punches his head off. But, like... Oh, it's a big battle. Like, I was actually surprised. I was like, wow, fair enough. Like, good mm-hmm. job. Like, that, that was, I was expecting that. <laughs> but, yeah, we got that. Uh, and then this is the second we can talk about the Velociraptor suit. Um, uh, well, we, we shouldn't talk about that yet, because... This film does a very artful job of only revealing parts of the Velocipastor at a time. It, it takes the alien method. So we see his eyes turn Velocipastory, and in the attack we only see, like, the lower half of this Velocipastor's jaw. So our mind does a lot to wonder, does this look an actual raptor? I don't know. It might look like an actual photo-accurate Jurassic Park-style raptor. It might. Who knows? You know? Like, I think we should save our analysis of the raptor costume until, like... Uh, I am staring see. at a screen of the Velocipastor's mouth right now as he's chewing up the guy. It still looks like shit. No, shut the fuck up. It looks amazing. <laughs> it's... I, I... This movie is great. And also, uh, just, just a throwback, um, uh-huh. you get a great scene with Frankie Mermaid where after he's talking with Carol, his, like, before the cut, his, he yells across the street... Yo, Jerry, if you stuff dicks in your mouth like you're doing that sandwich, I'd be fucking millionaires by now. <laughs> like, the dialogue in this is so good. It's so uh, bad. Uh, okay, sorry. Yep. All right, all right. Back so, yeah. to this. Okay. So, Doug wakes up after his Velasa Pastor-related stint uh, late that night, and he actually wakes up. Is this Carol's place, he, or is yeah, that his Yeah, it's Carol's place? room. Okay, it's Carol's room, yep. And uh, he wakes on up, and Carol and him kind of go back and forth for the longest time. It's this big joke of, oh, last night was new. It was very incredible. It was very amazing. He thinks they banged. She mm. thinks he turned into a velociraptor and tore up her would-be rapist slash mugger. <laughs> I love when she's like, was it your first time? She's like, uh, y- yeah? <laughs> yes. And he's like, I-, I was so scared, I think even I peed myself. And he's like, oh. Was, was it that bad? <laughs> <laughs> but eventually they clear it up. He's just like, what are you talking about? Wait, what are you talking about? Didn't we hook up? No, you turned into a velociraptor and ate my mugger. Oh, I can see how that would be a mistake. Well, I love, I love too, because like, as they're explaining this, like, the camera keeps like awkwardly zooming in, like a dramatic zoom in on his face, but like really slowly, and then zooms uh-huh. back out, and then zooms in, and zooms back <laughs> out. And it's just like... <laughs> I, it's... It has to be intense. Like you know, I feel like in terms of like, I feel like they take the level of like bad film to like an nth degree. Like where they're doing these like very like you know, it's not even part of the story. It's just like, hey, camera guy, just like fucking zoom in and out every five seconds. Like that looked terrible, and uh, it does, and it's amazing. Yep. Uh, the IMDb trivia for this movie says that the director um, actually dragged the film on his bathroom floor to give it that greedy grindhouse look. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, anyway, uh, before they leave, they decide to go back to the scene of the crime, but he says, hey, do you have any clothes I could borrow? And she lets him borrow this, you know, really low-cut orange, bright, bright orange sweater, which, you know, looks good on him. He's a very good man. That Wait, it's a good dress, though, isn't it? It's like an actual dress. Uh, yes, yes, it is. I'm sorry. It is an actual dress. The screenshot I was looking at right now does not show the whole thing. God, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a Velma dress from Scooby-Doo 2, where she yes. like, becomes sexy okay, for five minutes. Damn, this guy's built. Dude, right? No, this, this guy does CrossFit. In the montage later, you know. You know. <laughs> this guy lives bros. Anyway, so they kind of go around, and um, Carol and Doug Jones are debating back and forth. You know, hey, you can use this power for good. No, I don't want to use this power for good. Well, there are bad people out there, and they need to be punished. You know, isn't that what God wants for you? No, that's not. I don't want to turn into a Velocipastor. And then he runs away. And th- there's one line where she's like, she's like, she's like, you know, like, she's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life um, as, as a pre-med post-doc- post-doctorate. It's like, there's very little demand for a hooker doctor lawyer. <laughs> I did love that one. I was just like, okay, I got you there. I got you there. And he's like, I have to go to do confession. She's like, what? We have to do confessions right now? Yes, right now. And it's like, off. <laughs> like, I think he almost like falls over at one point. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so we kind of come back to the church, and, uh, old man pastor is talking to Doug Jones. He's like, you're late for confession. Again. 
what's going on with you? You know, you're, you're late constantly, blah, blah, blah. And Doug just kind of sways him off. I don't think there's any good lines in here. Refresh my memory before they go into the confession booth. No, no, no. Nah, we're still good. So he goes into the confession booth, and he, you know, quietly, quickly puts himself together. And who else is in the other confession booth but Mr. Frankie the Pimp? Uh, Frankie <laughs> Mermaid? Frankie Mermaid. <laughs> fucking name. And what does Frankie Mermaid confess, Andrew? Frankie Mermaid's great. It's like the person he does, he lights up a cigar, and he's like, you can't smoke in here. And he's like, yeah, what, whatever. And he's like, so uh, so what do you have to confess? He's like, well, pfft, man, I've done a lot of things. It's been like, I don't know, four years I've been here. And he's like, all right, so like, what about like, uh, like the past like month? And he's like, all right, so like, I uh, stole candy from a baby. I threw the baby in the river so it wouldn't snitch, you know. Um, you know, stole drugs, made drugs, you know, killed some people. And he's like, oh, man, you like, you, you spilled God's blood? He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, sometimes for me, sometimes for other people, you know, kind of, kind of pen, you know, sometimes for fun. And he's like, all right. He's like, so yeah, like, like you know, like maybe two months ago, uh, I, I blew up this car with these old people, and it was, it was great. This, this, like one of, one of your church buddies came out, and I was like, mom, dad, and like, they their parents something. <laughs> so, yeah, so Frankie so killed his parents. Uh, plot twist: uh, eighteen minutes into the movie. <laughs> And Doug Jones gets really pissed and loses it and transforms into the Velociraptor right there in the confessional booth and uh, tears his hand through and kills Frankie the Mermaid. I, so, I love, I love too because he gets so dramatic. He's like, "You killed my parents!" <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so, it's so like over the top and it's so obviously like, you know, talking about a reveal. It's so obviously like a you went to like the Halloween store and bought a dinosaur glove sticking through the confession window and like uh-huh. it with with the lost pastor like full human on the other side like Doug just like on the other side like why do you do this why did you kill that <laughs> so good swear to me uh, where's the joker uh, and he just like rips his neck open I think is what he does he yep he does and then Frankie dies so we cut back to Carol's apartment and then Doug after giving his second taste of blood just decides you know what all right, you know, I think this might be a good idea to, you know, use this uh, Velocipastor powers for good to destroy bad people. And then we do get the line, well, I don't know too much about God. That's okay. I don't know too much about dinosaurs. <laughs> it, it, I love it. It's okay. And then we get, like, another great montage, another great song. Uh-huh. And it, it's just like the montage of them hanging out. So we actually, and they follow up on that, on that promise. So it is a montage of... Him teaching her about God and her teaching him about dinosaurs. Yes. Like, one of the books he hands her is the Who's Who in the Bible, and she gives him, like, all about dinosaurs. <laughs> and there's, like, and it's like a montage of them, like, doing this, but also, like, killing bad people. And there's uh-huh. one and there's one thing of a guy who just, like, throws a piece of trash on the ground in, like, a, uh, in a playground, and then shows the block rapper killing him. It's so good. And you also uh, see, like, Doug working out. He has a kettlebell, you know? He's oh, yeah, some, we gotta get that kick, uh, the gym shots in there. Uh-huh. It's yeah, so I wonder good. if the actor was just like, no, we gotta get my pecs, man. You know, I feel like he just did a workout. And they got him. <laughs> but, like, it's it's so good. It's like, and at the end, um, he puts his arm around her. And, you know, it's this little, like, aw moment. And they're sitting on a bench together. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, we get to the ninjas now. <laughs> the whitest ninjas in the world. <laughs> So we get to this ninja training camp, which once again is in the same forest that China was in, and the same forest that the uh, attempted mugging uh, was ex- in. Excuse me, um, these ones are actually in a green area surrounded by bushes and like lush forest environments and a field. This is a okay, so they location. moved like twenty minutes away. There are multiple locations in this film, Dan. Do not discredit them. <laughs> they went location scouting. They found a different place. Who knows where this one is? I didn't look uh-huh. up the kind of forestry they have there. I don't even know if they're in China anymore. Maybe they're, like, actually supposed to be in the United States this time. Who knows? Yep. So we have one banner that's written in Chinese, so we know it's, you know, these people are related to China in some way. I remember Ask a Ninja, the uh, film series, the YouTube series way back when. During Which one? The Genesis, Ask a Ninja. It sounds really familiar. Yeah. No, uh, so basically the guys are dressed up like Ask a Ninja. It's very low-quality ninja outfits. And one of the uh, white guys who is dressed up as a ninja talks to the leader who is Chinese. And one thing the movie does, and it's a very, very interesting creative decision, the white guy talks in English, and the Chinese guy talks back in Chinese, and they're able to talk and have a whole conversation back and forth with each other, just speaking two different languages. So either they're both bilingual, which I very much doubt uh, Mr. Curly White Boy is, uh, or... The movie just decides to go, fuck it, we need to know this guy is Chinese, let's have him speak Chinese. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I, think it's, I think it's just on purpose to be hilarious. <laughs> and he's yep. like, 
Just like a, he's almost like a ginger, but not a ginger. He's like a blonde ginger. <laughs> he's got the attitude of a ginger, though. He yeah. definitely does. <laughs> yep. Uh, so they kind of talk about uh, how they're involved in the drug trade and, mm-hmm. you know, how they are involved in some way. That's really all we get at this moment right there. Mm-hmm. And then do they mention that they know about the Velociraptor just yet? Yeah, they, they mention they, they hear about the Dragon Warrior because Frankie, oh. Frankie was one of their peddlers. That's right, like, yes. Oh, Frankie Mermaid's dead. And he's like, no, let's talk about Dragon Warrior. He's like, don't worry. When he comes, like, you know, we'll take care of this shit. <laughs> and then we get the first of many, actually, no, the second great laugh sequence. Yes. And we start to notice that our... Uh, our no, new, no, no, no. Uh, let's, let's, let's harp on the laugh sequence at the moment right here. Mm-hmm. Because evil Chinese warlord or evil Chinese ninja, which, again, Japanese, but... Um, Master Wei Chang, thank you. Wei Chang um, starts laughing, and then Ginger Boy, or slightly Ginger Boy, starts laughing. I'm just going to call him Curls. Curls starts laughing as well, and then the Chinese guy starts laughing, and then Curls starts laughing. But it's a very much a, I think I should laugh, but I'm not 100% sure I should laugh, but he's my boss, so I'm just going to go ahead and laugh with him. Okay, this laugh has lasted way too long, but I'm going to keep on laughing until he stops. And it's like a solid two minutes of just laughing back and forth. You know, it was amazing, because like, you were you're just like watching it, and you're just like, is this going on as long as I think this is going? <laughs> and like the funny thing is too is curls like as he's talking, as he's laughing, so it starts out like ha ha ha, and then he like kind of stops and he's like ha 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 ha, and he's, like the mass master way at one point kind of looks at him and he's like ha ha ha, it's just like it goes like different octaves, different like different like uh, frequencies of laugh, like it's oh they it's love it. yeah, insane, it's, yeah. it's so good, ah I love it, it yep. And I'm going to talk about laughing later on because I think it's a big theme in this movie, actually. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, so we go back into Doug Jones and Old Man Pastor, and at this point, Doug Jones has been murdering people with his uh, Velocipastor ways for quite some time. At this point, and he decides, you know what, I'm going to come clean to my mentor, Old Man Pastor, uh-huh. and he says, Old Man Pastor, I think I'm different. And then this is a genuinely good line. Old man pastor says, oh, don't worry. We have plenty of men like you in the church. Yep. <laughs> what, I, I, also uh, love, I love how when he comes in, because like, he doesn't want old man pastor to know that he's been doing all this reading and stuff. And he has this big book that just says crime on the front. And it's like a giant book. And the pastor, when the priest comes in, he takes like a tiny Bible and puts it behind it. <laughs> As he's, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, just, you know, reading the Bible. <laughs> like, it's obviously this giant book protruding from the back of the Bible. <laughs> he also has all about dinosaurs on his, on his uh, little table there. It's great. Yes, 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 definitely. So he kind of talks back and forth and says, you know, hey, uh, so what happens if, well, what does exactly he say? He's, well, one, does he mention something about dinosaurs? And the old man pastor says, no, but dinosaurs didn't exist. Well, he, he talks about he talks about how he's a pastor. And he talks about and and the old man is like, "You've been hanging out with that Jezebel lately. Like, yeah, like get away from her. He's like, you don't even know her. She's like, come on, Dad. Like, uh. and uh, and the guy's like, well, you should get. You know, I'm gonna get you a uh, an exorcism. That's what take care of this shit. So uh, I'm gonna go do that. And he like he's like, but you're grounded essentially. And like he like locks he like leaves and locks the door. <laughs> and he's like, damn it. Uh. And he's like, and then we get this great scene where um uh. Doug is like, you know, I had parents once. What would my parents say? And we get a, a flashback, and it's literally just him, his mom, and his dad sitting at a table laughing. Just and for for like you know thirty seconds, just them laughing around the table, like ha ha ha, like like staring at each other as they laugh, like shaking their heads. And um, then we get a great uh, voiceover of the father being like, "I'm so proud of you, Doug. You're my only son." <laughs> and uh foreshadowing it's it's great and then we get like and then it cuts to them like in a in a car and he's just like you know what son just follow your heart that will take you where you're going he's like okay thanks dad and he's like all right we'll see you later have fun at priest college priest <laughs> college <laughs> and that's that, that is his like that is his like moment of Self-actualization. It's great. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, also, too, the uh, old man pastor, you know, says something about, hey, you need to get an exorcism, which is the exact next scene. So, old man pastor takes Doug Jones to a uh, exorcist, uh, who is this creepy dude with a fantastic beard. He needs to be trimmed a little bit better, but otherwise it's a very, very well-put-together beard. Did he have, like, prosthetic pointy ears on? I feel like he looked yes. like he had, like, pointy ears. And I was, like, I couldn't, like, both times I watched him, I'm just like, I can't tell if those are his ears. Because I have a friend who has kind of pointy ears. Uh-huh. But, like, 
I couldn't tell if those were real or not. Do you no, think those fake? are definitely those are definitely fake elf ears. Okay. Um, and then old man pastor says, "Yes, so here's your exorcist. His methods may be a little bit unorthodox." And then we get this random flashback scene, and I'm going to give you the luxury of going into this Vietnam flashback. You, can I? Yes. Okay. You have so even, I, I, Wait, is there any preamble for this flashback? No. Both yeah, times, no. I have no idea what's going on. Um, but like, so randomly. In the flashback, because at first I thought that this guy was in the flashback, uh, this like Count Chocula guy was like in the flashback, but he's not. Um, and so uh, he's he's like he's like, man, I haven't seen Ali since, and we get this great flashback of a war, <laughs> um, and it's literally probably them walking through another part of those woods, just you know maybe later down near a creek or something, um, and we see old man pasture, but now he has a nice blonde wig on, so you know he. Uh, He's, he's, not older he's younger, uh, slightly younger, um, and he's with his buddy, his war buddy, Ali. Um, and Ali, at first, I thought was the exorcist, but I guess he wasn't, because um, what happens later? And they're walking around, and Ali, at one point, and they're talking, he's like, you know what, man? You can have five kids. Eleven kids. And he's like, name one after me. Ali, your wartime buddy. He's like, then, when little Ali Stewart asks where his name came from, you tell him from Ali, your wartime buddy. We made it through the war without taking a single hit. Wearing a smile. And he gets, like, really intense. And he's like, but then you look at him square in the face. And you smile like I do. Like this. And he, like, smiles and does this, like, big, like, handy <clears throat> grin. And then it is immediately shot. And just, like, body falls on the ground. And we have, and, like, almost imagine the same kind of, like, laughing noises. But just yelling the word, no, no, Ali, no, no, no. For, like, in all octaves and all types of variants. It's amazing. Yep. And if you look at Ali, he's still smoking as he's dying. He's still puffing smoke. He's, like, dead, but he's, like, his little cigarette, cigar is like still puffing smoke. Yep. <laughs> and um, we cut to the scene after that where it's, uh, and we just, like, see this letter old man guy is writing still in, back in the wartime. And it's, like, Dear Ali's mom and dad, it's great regret that I write. Uh, it's great regret that I say, dot, dot, dot. And while he writes this letter, um, we hear uh, there's somebody yelling his name. Um, I forget what his name is. Is it James? Again, maybe it's James. And he looks up and he sees his wife. Because earlier he's talking about how he wants to go home and marry this girl that he likes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're in Vietnam, we learn later. They're actually they're supposedly in Nam right now. And yeah. his wife randomly appears in the woods and starts running towards him. And he's like, oh my god, how are you here? And right when she runs up to him, like a foot from him, she explodes in blood. And just like... Like, somebody must have tossed a gallon of blood on him off, off screen. <laughs> uh, yeah, or just, like, there was a landmine right in front of them. And they're in their base. They're, he's just, like, sitting a few feet away from that landmine. But, yeah, it, she gets blown up. It's, it's so good. And one of the guys is just like, huh, must have been a mine. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, it's too late to save her now. I think she's too, I think he's too far gone. He's like, and one of the guys is just like, what the fuck is she even doing here? <laughs> It's <laughs> so good, um, and then uh, and then we get and then like it cuts and uh, he's like starts narrating the old man priest and it's like when I came back to the states I tried to hand it the clergy again and like it's about to go on this big journey and then the film just cuts back to them in the exorcism. <laughs> There's like cut off his story. It's so good. Yep. So yeah, we get this random Vietnam flashback and then we go back to the exorcism. Uh, the exorcism, as it's going on, uh, Mr. Exorcist just does his exorcism thing. They kind of have a seance. There's tarot cards. There's lots of candles. The lighting in here is very, very dim. But as the exorcism goes on, Doug Jones is getting a little bit irate. He's getting a little bit uh, teethy. And then he transforms into the Velocipaster right before their eyes. And he kills the exorcist. And no, it doesn't. runs into those. The exorcist? He doesn't no. kill the old man, but he kills, kills the old man. No, he doesn't kill the old man. He kills the old man. He doesn't well, kill the old man because the old man him. shows up later. He attacks him, but he doesn't kill him. Okay. He, like, he maims him. Gotcha. He thinks he kills him. He, like, hits him, then runs away. And the exorcist is like, my god. What have we <laughs> done? He, he runs away. It's great. And I also love, like, during the seance, the pasture, or old pasture, is just, like, he has a tarot card in his hand, and he's just moving around in circles in front of his face, and, like, looking at Doug, like, why aren't you doing this too, man? <laughs> like, so, it's great. Um, uh-huh. And we cut to this weird thing next. Um, and, like, I, I, this, we cut to this weird, like, aside. Again, like, this movie's just weird things, and it's, um... Because he's, he's in full raptor mode, he runs outside. And these three ninjas are in the woods. And then like, one of them is just like, hey, man, here's my plan. And as he starts talking, we cut to one of the other ninjas, who is Chow Min. And he's one of the few Asian people there. Or Choi Min, sorry. 
something he does uh-huh. in Korean. And he just like gets his own little side. He's like, when I left my my this girl back at the base, five, you know, whatever I want you to do this. She's back home alone without me. But I get when this is over, I'm gonna go marry her. <laughs> like shows this like weird cut of this girl just smiling. Which what does what does that mean in a movie when somebody starts talking about going home to see their their wife? You gotta die. You gotta die. Or she's gonna show up randomly and then step on a landmine and get uh, blown to pieces. Fair enough. Yeah, that's true. She could die. Good. good. <laughs> that's a, that was actually that was a great twist. Look at that. They subvert her expectations. Rain Johnson would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this was before the Last Jedi, man. Just saying. Yep. Um, and we don't even see what happens. We just see the three ninjas like, let's go. And they all hop into a fight and then immediately like get killed. We don't, like off screen, uh-huh. get killed. <laughs> it's great. Yep. Uh, so they go back to Carol and uh, Doug Jones and they're kind of sitting around talking to the departments and then they have their quick little love scene. And once again, uh, the director's friend's band provides the soundtrack as it's just little cutaways back and, and forth. Amazing. The screen splits into five different parts. There's the artful hands reaching out for each other, but separated by a cut, which means that they're, you know, they're trying to come together, but life is separating them. Like, they're different, exactly. different sides of the screen, like, the symbolism. And, yeah. and, and I, then we I get flashbacks to all those good montages before, so we have a montage of the montage. Oh my gosh, it's, dude, I, this, this movie loves flashing back to things that happened, like, two minutes ago. <laughs> like, even when Ali dies, that, that scene with Ali is maybe, like, two minutes long. And after he dies, it cuts back to like 30 seconds before where it was him smiling as he remembers him as he dies. <laughs> it's, it's great. And actually, I do yeah. have to nitpick you here. You said a quick little sex scene. That sex scene was at least as long as the kid laughing earlier. That sex scene oh, yeah. took forever. It was amazing. Uh-huh. Like, it was a great montage, yeah. but it was No, great. I watched this movie with my mom. It was really awkward. Well, did you? <laughs> no. Oh my God. God, no. God, no. No, my mom is very Catholic. She would not appreciate this movie. Um... <laughs> So yeah, that's how that works, um, and then they're kind of sitting there cuddling late at night, and all of a sudden, the windows break on open, and the ninjas jump on right through. We have a little fight scene in Carol's apartment. And they managed to dispatch the ninjas fairly quickly, even without their velociraptor powers. True. That's because he crossfits, bro. That's, that's all that training they've been doing. <sighs> that's right. And then we cut back to Master Rose's Lomain, Shimain... Wei Chen? Wei Chen? Wei Wei Chen, that's right. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Le- Wei Chang. And we're in Wei Chang's tent, and old priest wakes up. And he's just like, oh shit, I've been captured. How that happens, we don't quite know, but he's there. And once again, Wei Chang talks in Chinese to the pastor, and the pastor talks right back in English. Um, and it kind of talks about what's the motivation behind Wei Chain and Curls and the rest of the ninjas are. So once again, Wei Chang and these other ninjas are pushing the drug trade. Who has access to a whole bunch of recovering um, substance abuse users? The Catholic Church, through their Alcohols Anonymous and all of their other drug um, help programs. So basically, the goal is to push drugs through the Catholic Church, through these recovery programs, in order to sell more drugs. Wrong. What? You completely understood, uh, misunderstood their business model. What? What? Yes. God. Okay, you tell me then. All right, all right. Here's, here's what it is. Okay. So early okay. on, we, we get illusions that Master Chang was actually a, a pastor in the past. Mm-hmm. He was a priest. Um, and we actually learned that he's actually still a member of the church. And so what his goal is, is actually to strengthen the church by forced conversion. So they have something I think they call, like, they call it like maybe venom toxin or something like that. It's what they call it their cocaine. And it is four times more addictive than regular cocaine. So the plan is that they will get people addicted to this cocaine this four times more addictive cocaine, and then disappear. And then these addicts, these newly created addicts, will then go to the church and convert when they go to these Alcoholics Anonymous places and actually gain the church members through their rehabilitation programs. Wow. I totally missed all of that. I did not notice that at all the first time around, but as I sat there, I'm like, holy shit. This is, this is like, this, like, this is... This is a conspiracy, and this is amazing. Like, I... Dude, this movie is amazing. Like, what plot is this? It's like, it, it, it's, it's like the cocaine pushing in, like, in, like, the 70s. It's, you know, it's the same idea. I'm just saying, man. It's, but instead of um, having reasons to arrest and stuff, it's reasons to join the Catholic Church. Catholic Church. We've made and, a few chains. And, and then what's his name? Uh, but then Father, like, you know, even though he... Uh, even though he doesn't want this, 
Oh, and actually, I love it too because um, sorry. Uh, even before this, uh, before he reveals his master plan, um, the father is like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, um, Wei Cheng is like, I am, I am part of the the church, and the father's like, what does drug smuggling have to do with Christianity? And Curl's like, everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> <And> so. <laughs> um, and but then father's like, nah, man, drugs aren't part of Christianity. Get out of here. And so Master Wei Cheng stabs him in the arrow and he dies. Yep. And so then we get our evil moment from Master Wei Cheng. And we get another and great laugh. And do you know that this time the laugh happens, the laugh is so long and so intense that the map he's holding just randomly lights on fire? Yes. I did see that. What was the map for? I have no... I think it was all the locations, I think, of where they were um, dropping the, the cocaine. Okay. Good all the distributors. Dude, this, this is, the movie is so well thought out. But anyway, actually, and as our as our pasture dies, and you know we mourn his loss, um, I want to come back to all of his racist comments earlier, mm-hmm. because now we know that he was a um, he was in the war in the past in Vietnam. You know, he's he's in the older generation. Uh, his wife and his best friend both died in that war, so maybe now we understand why he, what, you know where his racism's coming from. Like we understand like not that he's right, but like we see where his prejudice is born. You know. His, he, we see his generalization of, of Vietnamese to all Asian people and to his... So, you know, it, it's actually almost like a character moment. Like, we don't, we don't forgive him for his prejudice, but we understand where, like, why he's an asshole. You know? Maybe he's just a boomer. Like, he might be a boomer, but, like, I'm just saying, man, like, was that plot planned out? Was his, were his racist remarks actually because he's still bitter about what happened in Vietnam? Uh-huh. Oh, Was uh, this writing amazing? So, once again... Uh, they're ninjas, but they're from China, which, you know, doesn't make any sense. But the other thing, too, when they zoom in on the map, they specifically say China, and then they zoom in on Guangzhou, which is a Korean city. Huh. Well, that, that's where, um, that's where, um, Choi Min was from. Choi, Choi Min was the name of the, of the, uh, Korean ninja in his little flashback earlier. I, I know everybody... I'm gonna move on! <laughs> I can't I, even with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I am outclassed here. I am punching way above my weight when I'm talking about this movie to you. Oh, God. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> so we have our climatic pump-up scene at the very end where uh, Doug Jones and Carol are kind of, you know, saying, we have to do this. We have to stop the ninjas. We have to stop uh, whatever his name is, Head Ninja. And they get together, and they decide to head on over to the main ninja's camp. Um, <laughs> they put on sweet leather jackets and, like, black outfits and bring nunchucks with them. Can I talk about Carol's outfits? It's this sheer black bodysuit that is extremely low-cut, and she's also wearing a leopard print, leather, or leopard print fur coat over it. Like, what? It's, it's her prostitute coat. But she takes it off to reveal the warrior she's become. Oh my god. Character development through clothing changes? What? This movie's amazing! (laughs) Can't with you right now. Oh god. Does the entire this movie just make you feel like it was made in the 80s? Uh, (laughs) It was made on something, that's what I can tell you. (laughs) Yeah, so um, we come across Curls, and then Curls says, Oh, it's nice to see you again, brother. And he's like, wait a second, I have no brother. And we flash back to that scene with the dad in the car that says, you're my only son. What? I thought they were just being weird about that. And then Curl says, yes, I used to be a priest. We're all brothers. I'm like, ah, I see what you did, movie. I see what you did. What? Yes. No? Yes. Wait, what do you... He says, Curls. No. Yes. No. He said, brother. And then he says... I was a priest. We're all brothers in that way. No. Yes. He's actually his brother. No. Yes. No. Yes. He's actually his brother. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no. It was a so, fake out. He was no, just like, no. oh, wow, they have this brother thing. Oh, wait, no, he's just telling no, his brother. No, they no, 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 we, we flash back to the dinner scene at the dinner table, and they're all laughing. And then we pan over to the right, and Sam is just standing there eating or drinking juice by himself. Because <laughs> Doug Jones was thinking to himself, he was just like, did I really have a brother? No. Am I sure about that? No, he was actually his brother. And then, like, and then, uh, and then, and then it cuts back to, um, 
in the in the car, and he's like, "Have fun at Priest College." And Doug gets out of the car, and then Sam just sits up from sitting in the back of the car. And he's like, and it's funny because like again, this is where the weird laughing thing comes back in because it's a theme. Because he's like, "What were we always laughing? What were we always laughing at? What was so funny, huh?" Now I'm laughing, and we learn that Sam was a was an emotionally stunted child who didn't who was you know segregated from the rest of his family and didn't get to laugh, and thus he had all these weird awkward laughing moments. And when we saw him laughing, Mr. Wei Cheng, it's because he didn't know how to laugh, because he didn't laugh as a child. So these weird, awkward laughing, focusing on laughing scenes are like his repressed feelings about like being pushed aside as a child and his his brother being like, you know, held up to like, as like the, you know, the the child, the golden child, while he was on the side drinking juice or in the back of the car alone. What the fuck, dude? I'm just saying, man, this movie's fucking deep. <laughs> The movie's so deep. <laughs> it's so good. So I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. Podcast over. Thank you so much for listening. It's so good. Shout out to our Tokyo theme song, Teddy's Atlas, for the use of the theme song. Or a movie story. You can get that off the album, Children of the Corn. I'm Dan. I'll see you later. Bye. Done. Okay. But think about it, man. Think about think about these intense laughs. As, as the symbol. I am thinking about it, Andrew. It's a symbol of, of an actualized person. Freddie Mermaid laughs the way he laughs because he's comfortable with the person that he is and he knows his life and he had a, a normal development as a, like as a person. But Sam doesn't because you know he's he's stunted. He was he didn't get to laugh with the rest of the family. So what happens next, Andrew? <laughs> uh, Please for, enlighten me. For next, we get the the fight breaks out and Samuel's for God and they run at each other and it's great. Um, and Sam has a sword, but he's like Sam has a sword. He's like. And yes, he pulls the sword out of his back. He's like a ninja tonto sword thing. And he's like, I will not soil the blood. I will not soil my ancestors, the sword of my ancestors with your blood. And he puts it in the ground. Great fight breaks out. Doug fights Sam the whole time. Uh, Carol fights everybody else. <laughs> and like takes down all of the other um, ninjas. And uh, until, you know, in this big fight, Sam is like, fuck, I'm losing. I got to grab that sword. Goes to grab the sword. But what happens? Doug force summons the sword from the ground into his hand and lets out the greatest line. He's like, your ancestors are my ancestors because they're, they're brothers. <laughs> and so then he just unceremoniously stabs salmon right in like the fucking gut, takes him out and like tomato soup flies everywhere. It's great. It's amazing. It was a great fight. Um, but then what happens to Carol? I don't know. You, Carol's, Carol's Carol? fighting and then all of a sudden, one of the ninjas takes out a sword and just slashes her right across the chest. And she just buckles down over to the ground, completely bloodied. I love that too, because none of the other, none of the other um, ninjas had swords or weapons when they were fighting, so she took them all out. And then like, they do this big like reveal that one of them comes out of the tent with a sword. It's just like, what? <laughs> okay, I guess you could have done that earlier, but cool. Yep. So uh, Doug Jones walks on over. Mr. Velocipastor comes on over, and they have their moments where you know she's like, "I can't live without you. I love you, Carol Booker, prostitute lawyer." <laughs> oh God! And uh, she just kind of collapses and faints. I do like the scene that ninjas are kind of sitting there staring, watching it, and one of them gets a little bit emotional and hugs another ninja. He's just yep. like, "Oh my God, are we the baddies?" Dude, they all look so sad. They they're all, they're, and like they're always like, "Oh," like they all like feel really bad. But you know, even though they even though they hug and they feel bad about it, you know, um, Doug does have, shows no mercy, and he uh, fully transforms. And now let's talk about this great costume. Yes, please. Oh, you, you, you eat something you want to talk about? You go. You take, you take it. But uh, it is a rubber suit of the Velasa Pastor. The Velasa Pastor has a massive hump. You can. It is the proportions on this thing are all out of whack. Like it's standing upright. And you can clearly see where the person is and it needs to be completely rubber, just jumping back and forth. I mean, I've it would not be out of place in a stand at uh, Halloween Spirits or Spirit Halloween or whatever it is. I, yeah. I, I don't even think it's like that. I think it's like, I, I feel like Spirit of Halloween like, would do a better job. Like, because <laughs> like, it's, it's almost like somebody took like, it look, first of all, it looks like a T-Rex and does a raptor. It looks like somebody took a fucking T-Rex and just like compressed it down, like shoved, like broke its neck down so that like a hump formed where you kind of push the neck down and it snapped. And like, it, 
it has a giant tail. Like it, its mouth, its head is obviously just like on a pole of some sort. The person's obviously in the middle with their feet holding like a pole or something that has the raptor head on the raptor T-Rex giant head on it. And it just swings back and forth and like just jostles around. It's, it's great. And like this fight is amazing. And like, I know it's bad. I know it's stupid, but like the dynamic camera work, like the constant moving and like, I feel like I've seen, and like, this isn't even me like joking or trying to like go for the lulls, but like, I feel like what they do with this fight, which is basically just a bunch of guys in black suits jumping around the, the raptors, the raptor spins around in circles, like the running around the camera, like the, the movements, like the weird shit the guys do, like one guy like somersaults over the, he like jumps to the point that he like vaults the head of the Velociraptor and like hits his nuts on its head and like falls over and dead. Like the, the movements that are going on here, I feel like are like are so much more interesting and engaging than like I've seen in a lot of other movies, like where fights are just boring as shit. Like, it's just, like, one long take of all this shit going on. And I kind of think it's really effective. I feel like it's, like, it's an actual... It's an oddly hyped fight for a very, like, low-budget movie. Like, you know, it's, like... I don't know. It reminds me almost, like... like Okay, obviously, this isn't the same quality-wise, but it reminds me of the Daredevil fights in the TV shows in the sense of, like, just how dynamic it is. Not that it is anywhere near the quality of that, but just, like... The, the all-out brawl that it is, as opposed to, like, some, like, over-choreographed fight scene where, like, things cut all the time or, like, it just looks stupid. I don't know. Yep. I like yeah. it. Not I, a lot of shaking cam. It's very long shots. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I hear you turning to love this movie. So. <laughs> um, yeah, the Chinese master ninja... Takes an arrow to Doug Jones's thigh, and then Doug Jones says something really cool. I don't even remember what he said. What did he say? Wait, when he gets something shot? about his hands. Yeah, when he gets shot with the arrow, oh, and then so, he's just like, you know, my hands are still Velociraptor or something so, like that. So he shoots him with the arrow, and we learn that in the past there was um, China was overrun with lizard people, and they developed this uh, poison, this antidote to the lizard people curse thing. So that's what he shoots him the leg with. Um, so that he would never become a Velociraptor pastor again. And we get this cool scene where he's the past, he's a Velociraptor, and then, like, the arrow hits him, and then, like, it goes to, like, a film cut, and it, like, fizz back and forth between person raptor, and then he's a person, and he falls down. And, um, one of the lizard warriors, and then he's like, now, before I kill you, do you have any last words? And he's like, only six. He's like, huh. I think he's like, I think my hand is immune. And he reveals that his hand is still wearing that raptor glove. And he <laughs> grabs... Uh, Wei Chang's head and rips it off. And it's obviously, like, one of those, like, head dummies you can buy at any, like, as a cosplayer who used to have a lot oh, yeah. of wigs. It's, like, a yeah, very it's basic face. it's a wig face. stand, basically. Yeah, it's a wig stand. It's great. <laughs> like, and it's, like, you think that, like, they would, do, would try to hide the fact, but he just turns the wig stand head towards the camera and, like, shows you how bad it is. And as he holds this bloody, this bleeding head over his face, his face covered in tomato sauce and stuff, it pauses. We get a freeze frame in this, like, Mel- like melodic music plays, and on the screen it says, "Only through the elimination of violence will we finally be able to achieve world peace." Gandhi. <laughs> and you think the movie's over? Then he he drop and then he drops the drops the head and like has this deep like breath. And he's like, "Oh, Carol!" And like runs over to her. <laughs> and uh, we cut to the doctor's office. And what happens in the doctor's office? Uh, so the doctor's office, they kind of uh, come on over there, and the doctor sits down and says. Yeah, so Carol's going to be completely fine. We were able to fix her, no problem. And what does the doctor say? Doesn't he sit down and say something like, I'm awesome? Something like that. Like, he, uh-huh. like, he sits down and, like, as he's talking to Doug, he, like, looks over the ashtray, grabs the ashtray, looks in it, picks around, finds an old cigarette, and lights it. <laughs> Just smoking somebody else's cigarette in the waiting room. Yep. And then Doug and Carol have their tearful reunion when they're happy that uh, she survived. And then a big, big phrase pops up on the screen and says, she's fine. <laughs> okay, because he's like, he's like, because like, I thought they were going for pregnancy. I thought they were, I thought she was going to be pregnant with raptor babies, honestly. I thought that, that's, that's what was coming up. And he's just like, he's like, what's, are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. He's like, you're fine? And then, she's fine. And the same giant China text that appeared on the screen earlier. And that's how the movie ends. Uh, well, no, they got one scene after that where, uh, she, yeah, uh, she and Doug are sitting down talking to each other. Doug's cool now. He's got sunglasses, leather jacket, he's smoking, and he's just like, yeah, there's still plenty of bad people out in the world. Will you join me in defeating these bad people with my Velociraptor powers? And he's like, yeah. And then we cut back to our garage band, um, 
soundtrack, and that is the Lhasa Pastor. And it's amazing. Oh, God, and I, I forgot how good the editing music is for the credits, too. Fuck. <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, so, oh, my God, actually, it's not just one band. What? Holy crap. It sounded um, like one band the whole time. Song Extinction Love, written and performed by Free Parking, exclamation point. Spencer Reed and Speak Uneasy, written and performed by The Holy Mess. Um, Didn't Have Time to Think, classic song, written and performed by Math, the band. Um, Fast forward, there are other songs. Those are all the songs, I guess. Okay. (laughs) There were five songs, and they were great. I'm just saying. Uh, Yeah. I I don't know. The biggest thing I would compare this to, honestly, I was thinking it it, kind of goes with the same thing that Dubro Party Massacre 3 does. Yeah. And once again, Dubro Party Massacre 3 was an intentionally bad film, but I felt the writing was so much better in that. Like, a lot of the phrases and a lot of the lines in Velocipaster... I felt were low-hanging fruits. Like, there are a couple of them that made me chuckle here and there, but overall, it's just like, oh, okay, well, the pimp, you know, well, he's got to go for confession, we got to show that he's an evil guy. Well, you know, what's the number one thing we can show to make sure that he's an evil guy? Yeah, I took candy from a baby. And then they did add on that and say, well, then I threw the baby into the river. That was genuinely funny. But I just, I feel a lot of the lines are very low-hanging fruits. I feel they could be a lot more clever with the concept. I don't know, Dan. I think you just weren't paying attention. You didn't. You didn't get that Sam was his brother. So I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> like that was like that was a great scene. I, I I think you need to watch it again, Dan. I think you need to. I think you need to watch this movie again. I think you need to give it a second chance. I think you, you okay. Know, you weren't loving it the way you should have. But like, but I agree. It does remind me of that. It reminds me a lot of um, what's that movie? Uh, Kong Pao into the fist. Yes, mm-hmm. I got a lot of those vibes with the ridiculousness. Like I kind of liked that it didn't go for a lot of lewd humor. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that they could have done that, and they could have done a lot of, like, lewd humor, and I kind of thought, I enjoyed that there wasn't, and I liked that, like, there wasn't, like, crazy amounts of blood or something like that. I thought, like, mm-hmm. I, I liked it how reserved it was. And mm-hmm. I honestly, I think the, the fact that, in the end, the villain is a church group trying to gain members by pushing coke is hilarious. And, like, oddly well thought out. <laughs> like, and just the fact that apparently the director wanted to do a serious expo- expose on the Catholic Church, he was like toying with that idea, and then he was just like, you know what, fuck it, we're going to make a Velociraptor pastor. Like, it's That's crazy. just, uh-huh. I want that sequel. What would the sequel be? Do you think it would be the se- like them going around and doing more things? Would it be like Velocipaster oh, yeah. Baby? Cause... I think in some, fray, in some way, Velocipaster would have to fight the Pope, and then the Pope also has Velocipaster powers. Is he also pushing coke? That's where, like, I, that's where I think the natural progression is going to be. Well, I think we have to learn more about these lizard warriors. Maybe, maybe oh, maybe, maybe like a prequel. Maybe it'll be like a prequel sequel where it goes into the past of the actual lizard warriors and what was going on with them. Imagine like eight of those. That would be super interesting, though. Dude, what about like a thousand of those, like like you know, twenty of those fucking philosopher humpbacked costumes in one scene, <laughs> like rolling around with each other with their tails? Like, God, I'd, I'd it is the. So good. It is the Helm's Deep of Velocipaster. Yes. Oh, my God. All right. Well, that was Velocipaster. Anything you want to add, Andrew? I don't know. Did my did my great analysis make you love it even more? I don't know. I think I need to see it again. I personally was not a huge fan of this one, but, you know, maybe you will be. If, I, I will say, if you like the style of humor, like you said, Kung Pao, Dude, Bro Party, Massacre 3, that style of humor usually really, really vibes with me. This one didn't for whatever reason, but who knows? Maybe I'll see it again. Maybe I'll change my mind. You know, I, I will say, you know, like, 420 is coming up soon. I don't know how people celebrate that. This would be a great film to watch during that uh, holiday. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, also, Evil Bong. I want to watch Evil Bong at some point. I don't know. Like, that That looks amazing. I don't I don't know anything about it, but I don't know if we have enough time to record that episode before then. So. All right. Sounds good? Yeah. All right. Well, that was Velocity Pepper. This has been Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. Uh, once again, thank you to uh, the band Teddy's Atlas for the use of our theme song. That is Horror Movie Story. You can get that off the album Church of the Corn. And have a great day. Yeah. Bye.